Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I'm going to be joined by myself. It's just me and you. We're going to explore Moonbirds, the crazy successful NFT launch that happened not too long ago, and what we can learn from the launch. I'm also going to talk about corporate investing, specifically in NFTs and how I use actually my corporation's money, not my personal money. I think you might find that interesting. I'm going to break down the fact that I bought a ton of these things and what it is about the project that I think we could all learn from and so, so, so much more. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show. Just as a reminder, this is an audio only episode of the podcast. There's not going to be any show notes. Let's transition over to me. Here we go. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about Moonbirds. And what we can learn from their launch, if you don't know, Moonbirds is the most successful PFP, profile pick, launch ever in the history of NFTs. And by the way, for a quick note, what I'm going to talk about is not financial advice. Do your own research. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to go into a lot of detail today about what we can learn from Moonbirds and why they're so successful and the things that I've learned along the way. And uh, I hope you join me and listen in today. I would love to hear from you. So please do let me know if you enjoy these kinds of solo episodes by tweeting me. Twitter is Mike underscore Stelzner, S-T-E-L-Z-N-E-R. And Instagram is just at Stelzner. Okay, back to Moonbirds. So if you haven't heard of Moonbirds by now, you're going to hear a lot about Moonbirds. Moonbirds is currently, as of today, May 4th, 2022, and may the 4th be with you, the 10th largest total volume ever in NFTs sold ever on the secondary market. It's surpassed World of Women, Cool Cats, Doodles, MeBits. It is a project that is going to the moon, literally. Now, I did something crazy. I actually purchased four moonbirds. I paid 55 ETH. For those of you that want me to do the math, I paid $165,000 for four little owls. I even changed my profile picture on Twitter to an owl. That's crazy, right? Why would I do that? Well, today my little birds are worth 
165 ETH. That is $450,000 based on the current price of Ethereum as of today, which is about $2,830. So why did I invest so much of my business's money into four little pictures of owls? What can we learn from the success story of Moonbirds? Before I go there, I want to give you a quick update. Some of you have been asking about the crypto business conference, which I talked about in the last solo episode. So I've officially secured the San Diego Convention Center, and we've got the dates, which are going to be October 9th, 10th, and 11th. If you want to learn more about this conference, go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash CBC, the minus sign, interest. CBC dash interest. Get your name on the interest list. I'm working all the details right now, trying to decide what the agenda is going to be and all that fun stuff, but we are sprinting full speed ahead to create the best business conference for the world of crypto covering NFTs, DAOs, social tokens, the metaverse, and so much more. Okay, so let's get back to Moonbirds. Why in the world did I invest so much money in Moonbirds? Well, first of all, I decided to do something kind of interesting. And for anybody who owns their own business or who works for a corporation, you might want to pay attention to what I'm about to talk about next. I decided to invest some of our corporate treasury into Bitcoin and into Ethereum. And I proposed this to my controller back in the beginning of 2022. And I said, look, here's the deal. We're in a crazy world of inflation right now. Cash is becoming less valuable. It's kind of like having $100 in the bank today or a year ago would be worth like $95 today or even $93. I don't know exactly how much it's deflating. It's becoming less valuable. So the hypothesis was maybe we should take some of that cash because I was always raised to save your money in cash. Why don't we put some of our corporate money into Bitcoin and Ethereum, because I believe in the long run, they'll be worth quite a bit of money. So the first thing that I did was I went and I tried to set up an institutional account with Coinbase. And I kid you not, Coinbase was a nightmare. They asked for so much information from me. And I'm like, I gladly provided everything. I provided bank accounts. I provided so much information. And then literally crickets. I kid you not, months went by and I never heard from Coinbase Institution. And I'm like, forget this. By the time they get back to me, the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum is going to go through the roof. So I began exploring other options. I ended up going with FTX, the letter F, the letter T, and the letter X. And you might recognize FTX because they were one of the sponsors of the Super Bowl. And I set up an institutional account with them. It was very easy to set up using my business, not my personal identity, and I had to provide some basic documents that proved that we were a legal entity. And once that was all set up, I started moving cash into FTX and started investing in Bitcoin and Ethereum. And for what it's worth, for anybody who goes down this road, whether you end up with Coinbase or FTX, and by the way, Coinbase wanted annual fees, whether I traded or not. They wanted like 5% of every dollar that was in the account. It was crazy. I mean, it's just ridiculous fees. So FTX was just so much easier to work with. And by the way, I'm not affiliated with any of these entities. But if you decide to go with FTX, in the beginning, you're going to realize that they're going to limit 
the money you can transfer into the account. They're going to set up ridiculously low ACH limits. And you're going to eventually have to go to them and say, hello, I need to raise my ACH limits and keep going to them and keep going to them until they get to the point where they will let you transfer in $50,000 a day. If that's what you want, you could potentially even go higher. Eventually I started also doing wire transfers as well, but there's a limit to how much money you can get in. So set up these accounts early, even if you don't plan on using them right away and start putting money in them because that money is going to be locked for a while and you're not going to be able to use that money transfer it over to a MetaMask account so you can buy NFTs. So this is one of the lessons I've learned in investing in NFTs for a while. It takes a while to get these accounts set up, get this money transferable out of these accounts and then ultimately into a wallet that you can use to actually transact on OpenSea and other places. All right. By the way, if you want to follow some of the investments that we at Social Media Examiner are making, it's all public out there openc.io slash examiner and openc.io slash examiner dash vault minus sign dash. I don't know what it's called, but examiner dash vault. The vault is where the good stuff lives. That's the hardware ledger. That's where I move the super valuable stuff that I don't plan to touch and that I want to be super safe. All right. So let's back up the train a little bit. How did I discover Moonbirds? Well, I happened to subscribe to a bunch of newsletters and one came in from Jeff Kaufman from jump and I'm part of his little community. And he was talking about how he's part of proof collective. And he was super excited about this, this launch that was going to be coming. I read it. I started in my email inbox and then I kind of forgot about it. Another one came in from another site that I subscribed to. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I just kind of knew a little bit about it and I started doing a little bit of research and in the emails, these, both of these individuals talked about this thing called the proof collective and the proof collective is this entity, this NFT project that was launched by Kevin Rose and it was limited to 1000 people. And Gary Vaynerchuk is one of those people along with a bunch of other people that some that I know and some that I don't. And the Proof Collective kind of became this exclusive club that you could join and they were sharing alpha or intel about projects and people that were part of the Proof Collective, you know, kind of got to share insights with each other. There was quite a few heavy hitters inside there. I thought that was kind of fascinating the way that they had launched initially just 1,000 people into an exclusive club. And it was the Proof Collective really and Kevin Rose that were the fuel behind the Moonbirds project. So nice little uh, marketing tip there. You don't have to start with a big project. You could start with a very small exclusive project, grow a really exclusive community, and then kind of take off. Now, Kevin Rose also has a podcast called Proof, which is where he interviews people. So he started really, really small. But really, it was Kevin Rose that attracted me to the project because Kevin Rose is a known venture capital investor. He's the former founder of Dig. For those that have been around for a while, you might remember Dig was like a social platform, kind of like Reddit. He's also the host of the Modern Finance Podcast, and I already mentioned the Proof Podcast. So I kind of briefly went to moonbirds.xyz, and I checked out their plans. And, you know, to be very honest with you, they had a very retro feel. So if you look at the Moonbirds art, it's very bitmappy. It's very kind of 80s-esque, if you will. It's not designed to be like super modern, beautiful art. 
It's actually designed to be super crazy retro kind of looking art. But when I went to their website, which is moonbirds.xyz, and you can go check it out, they talked about how moonbirds are more than an avatar. And they said that they're going to have some utility with these moonbirds based on certain rarity traits. So they've got all sorts of fascinatingly different traits. They also said that it unlocks private club membership. And the longer you hold them, which is what they refer to as nesting, the more valuable you are and the more valuable perks that you're going to get. So I thought this was really a cool concept because one of the big challenges with a lot of NFT projects is they create a lot of hype, but then what happens is you get people coming into the project, but there's no incentive for them to hold in the long run. And I've since investing in this, listened to Kevin Rose pretty extensively. And one of the things that he thought was unbelievably unfair about the way NFTs are today is somebody could have gone in and bought a Board Ape Yacht Club NFT and gotten all the benefits the next few days of what was going to happen with the Ape coin that they were going to be launching. It didn't matter if you were one of the original holders at all. Or they could have bought a World of Women NFT and benefited immediately from getting a free World of Women Galaxy NFT drop. So he wanted to try to change things by introducing a concept called nesting. And nesting is kind of like staking. Staking in the world of NFTs and in the world of crypto means you're essentially putting your NFT or your crypto into somebody else's wallet for a period of time, and then it's going to get transferred back to you via a smart contract. And in exchange for doing that, you're going to earn perks and benefits. But with nesting, what Kevin Rose and his team figured out how to do was to allow it to remain in custody in your wallet or even in your ledger. And they built it all into the smart contract. And the way nesting works is in the first 30 days, you go from like a regular looking straw nest to like, I think, um, I don't know what the next nest level is. Chrome nest or steel nest or gold nest. But over time, your bird essentially changes its nesting status based on how long you've been in moonbirds. And the longer you've been in moonbirds, the status of the nest, if you will, the, the greater benefits you're going to get. So for example, if they do future drops, they're only going to potentially do those drops to people that have nested to a certain level, which is going to stop people from just randomly buying a bird and starting the whole process all over again. So they really want to reward people that hold the longest, which I thought was a fascinating concept. What's really, really cool about this, I'm going to, I'm going to get into the details of it a little bit later. Actually, another thing that I thought was really cool is they're also launching a thing called High Rise, which is some sort of a metaverse project specifically for business. Kevin, you know, represents business, which I think is kind of exciting. And there's a lot of business people that are inside of this. And I, I found that absolutely fascinating. So, so these were the things that I was keeping an eye on. I didn't even try to get in to be honest with you, on, on the uh, allow list. Allow list and white list are words that are synonymous, by the way. It was 2.5 Ethereum just to get on that list. And they kind of did a raffle. And I didn't get on it. And to be honest with you, I'd kind of forgotten. I'd looked into this and found it interesting. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But all along, I didn't want to miss out on the next big project. Because I was there on Gary V's website when he launched VFriends. 
I didn't understand it. I could have gotten vFriends for 0.5 Ethereum, but I didn't get it. I already owned Ethereum. I had already, you know, bought Ethereum, but I just didn't understand NFTs. I didn't understand what Gary was doing. And I missed out on that. And I missed out on a lot of things, you know, and I'm like, okay, I have had for a while my eyes on high alert, wanting to watch for the next project, knowing full well that I personally couldn't afford to get in on this project, but my business could afford to get in on this project. So it was Saturday morning and typically on Saturdays, I get up early before everyone else in my house and I sometimes go over to OpenSea and I just kind of look at what's, what's popping over there, what's hot. I, I sort by 24 hours and I look at the projects and I'm like, oh, cool, Moonbirds just launched. And I'm watching it and I couldn't believe that the floor, the minimum price already was seven to eight Ethereum. I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Another thing that I thought was really valuable about the way they launched this is they revealed the art immediately upon Mint. Now, I've seen a lot of other projects where they reveal just like a holding piece of art and people speculate on what it is. And I've done this and I end up overpaying for something because I don't know what I have. And then I realize I've got something worthless and then I end up dumping it and it ends up really hurting the value of the project. Well, because Kevin was smart, and he minted with all the attributes and all the art instantly. This allowed people like me to say, okay, it's a little less risky for me now to, I can actually look at the rarity of the birds right out of the gate and I can actually buy something that's not a basic bird because a basic bird just looks like an owl. A more advanced bird has unique attributes to it. So what I did was I ended up saying to myself, all right, I'd like to pay a little bit more for the birds that I invest in because I want these birds to be off the floor. Said another way, I want them to be more valuable than the minimum bird is. So what did I end up doing? Well, I ended up, first of all, I bought a bird with an aviator hat on it. And I was looking at, you know, how many of these birds with each of these attributes were in the collection. And I bought it for nine Ethereum. It was the single most expensive NFT had ever bought ever full stop. And then I went and I found one with two rare traits, what I call rare. I mean, they're not super rare, but they're definitely not, they're not common. Uh, one with a cowboy hat and one with diamond eyes. It had both, it had diamond eyes and a cowboy hat. So I bought that one for 9.25 Ethereum. So all in, I, you know, I was like, wow, that was a huge investment. And then I just started watching very carefully what was happening with the project. By the way, again, you know, if you're going to buy into a project and you can see what the attributes are and you believe in its long-term viability, buying something that's a little bit more valuable than the absolute minimum product is going to potentially yield you a lot downstream if you decide to do what I might do someday, which is to sell one of these maybe to fund the entire collection. But I was watching this and I was shocked at how fast the value of these things were. I mean, it was getting snatched up left and right. Like all of a sudden these birds that I had bought for nine Ethereum literally over the weekend had gone up to 20 Ethereum. And I was like, Whoa, you know, they'd already doubled. And some of them had gone even like to 25 Ethereum. And I was like shocked. And, you know, I was talking to people that I knew I'd gone to dinner with some friends and they're all sell it, sell it, sell it. And I'm like, no, I, the last thing I want to do is sell something that I believe in the long term could be extremely valuable. So I started sharing this investment that I had made with a couple of my friends 
Some of them had also purchased Moonbirds like Jeff Kaufman, John Lee Dumas, and we were very bullish on the project. I noticed that, and this always happens after the initial hype, is that it had gone up to like 25, you know, for the floor. And I noticed that it dropped back down a couple of days later. So what did I do? Well, I bought a bird with a crown for 17.35 Ethereum. And I bought another bird with headsets on for 19.8 Ethereum. So all of a sudden I had literally spent a lot more, right? I had originally spent about 18 Ethereum and I bought two more that were at least, you know, on average 18 Ethereum. So I'm all in on, on four of these at 55 Ethereum. I decided to kind of investigate before I recorded this. You can click on any NFT in any project and you can click on details. And when you click on details, you will see the smart contract. And when you click on the smart contract, it'll take you over to Etherscan. And then you'll see this thing in the upper right called token tracker. And if you click on token tracker, there's this tab called holders. And you can see who the biggest holders are. And I decided to scan through the holders. And I noticed that basically because I own four of these Moonbirds, I'm in the top 200 of the 6,500 people that own Moonbirds. And I thought, huh, that's kind of cool. That's a claim I might want to make. I'm not sure. Eventually, I did do something nuts. Like I, I think I mentioned earlier, but I, I decided to change my Twitter ID to, I upgraded to Twitter Blue. And I changed my Twitter ID to the Moonbird with the cowboy hat and the diamond eyes, which is something I'd never done before. I never thought I would ever do that, but I'm proud of, of this investment. So let's talk about what did Moonbirds do right and why am I going long on this project and what, frankly, can we learn from these projects? Well, first of all, what Moonbirds did exceptionally well was they created an incentive to go long. And you'll notice that the Bulls and Apes project, I had Manny Coates on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He's doing something similar by tokenizing his project to incentivize people to hold long so they can earn tokens to be able to mint future NFTs. Well, what Kevin Rose is doing is not quite the same, but similar by essentially doing this thing called nesting, right? Which we talked about earlier. And the longer you hold it, the more perks that you get. Here's the cool thing. As of today, May 4th, 92% of all the moonbirds, that means 9,200 plus moonbirds are nested. That means they're going long. There are only 233 Moonbirds for sale right now on OpenSea. And those Moonbirds could be low, they could be high, it really doesn't matter. But the fact that so few people are actually selling their Moonbirds is a really positive sign that the people that are part of this project believe in this project and they're in for the long haul. Now you might be wondering how in the world do I know this? Well, if you belong to Moonbirds, somebody developed a some sort of a technology that goes and looks at the smart contracts of every moonbird and shows which percentage of them have actually nested the moonbirds. So it's pretty impressive when 92% of the project is in for the long haul. Second thing, actually, this is really important, right? Like if you can develop an incentive for people to stay in your project for the long haul, this is going to be super valuable. Now, Kevin Rose did sell out. For what it's worth, he provided two moonbirds to every one of the original collectors that were part of Proof Collective. So 200 Moonbirds were given for free. He sold nearly all the rest. And I think he has a couple hundred that he's saving for people, high-profile individuals. 
like uh, I'm going to talk about some of them in a minute and potential partners and stuff. So he sold about 9,500 of these birds at 2.5 Ethereum. So that is 23,750 Ethereum at around $3,000 at the time of sale. He made, if I'm doing this right, $71 million on the initial mint. Now, the crazy thing is I already mentioned to you all that this is one of the top projects of all time, right? So he has made so much more money on the secondary market because, and I'd have to look up the numbers real quick, and I'm actually going to do this. Uh, I'm going to try to multitask, which is never recommended when you're actually recording a podcast. But if I go to OpenSea right now and I look at the total amount of ETH exchanged for the Moonbirds project, it is 129,000. 807 Ethereum. And if I say that was an average of $3,000 per transaction, he has transacted $389 million on the secondary market, of which 5% is going back to him, going back to his entity. So he's made another $19 million so far just on secondary sales in the three weeks since this project launched, which is not even three weeks. Uh, as of this recording, we're only 18 days in. So he's got this really nice system, you know, with like, I don't know, I'm doing math on the fly, almost $100 million. And he's using this money to build the next big thing. And I've heard Kevin Rose refer to what he's doing as building a company. So this is really his way of venture funding a business without using venture capital, with using NFTs. He's hiring people like crazy and he's doing really, really smart stuff. This is why I believe that Kevin Rose and Moonbirds in the future, we're going to probably look back and see that he's launched some sort of project. Maybe it's the next social platform. I have no idea. The key is he's using the investment as and really the staking mechanism to get a core group of individuals that are completely behind him and Moonbirds. And I think that's really a fascinating concept that you might need to wrap your mind around and I need to wrap my mind around. So the first big thing they did was this nesting concept. Second thing that they're doing is they're holding weekly Twitter spaces, which are public. And you can just follow Moonbirds on Twitter and you can listen to how they're doing their Twitter spaces. They're putting it out there to the world, whether you own Moonbirds or not. And you can listen to what their plans are and everything that they're doing, and they're putting it out all out there for the public. Um, the third thing is Kevin Rose decided to exit his other ventures and go full-time 100% into this project. That was not his initial plan because he didn't expect it to be this successful. But the moment it became this successful is the moment he decided he was going to commit and he was going to go all in. And he asked the other co-founders to commit and move to the same city he's in and go all in on this project. One of the co-founders decided not to do that. And it was literally days after the launch. He didn't want to do that because he had his own plans and he ended up leaving the project. He was going to initially be like the operations person, but they weren't expecting the project to blow up like this. So Kevin Rose did a public space in Twitter spaces. And he said, I want the ugliest, worst questions possible. I want to broach everything right now. And basically, he was very public about what happened, why it happened, how they're wishing this other guy the best of luck. Some of the Moonbirds did dip for a little bit, but he was so transparent about it, and he was very clear. 
about what he wants to do in the future, which is he wants to be transparent about everything. He feels like this is absolutely essential that people feel like this is a project that is being led by him. And because he's successfully run companies in the past, he knows the importance of transparency and it's all out there for the public, the good, the bad, and the ugly. This has really, really been widely and positively received by the Moonbirds community and the holders. And as a matter of fact, recently when the Other Deed project launched, which is right now one of the hot projects by the Board Ape Yacht Club, there was this big to-do about how crazy expensive it was for gas fees. And the guy that left publicly on Twitter said, these guys really screwed up. They should have done better. This is why I'm bullish on Moonbirds. Well, the Moonbird community was kind of up in arms saying, this doesn't represent our brand value. We believe in all projects are here for the betterment of all the NFT space. So the Moonbirds and Kevin Rose came out with a public statement without calling that guy out. But he just said that we are all in this together and we do not see our friends as competition. We see what we're doing as trying to move the industry forward. And it was widely hailed by the community because he wanted to separate himself from this guy who left, who was pretty public in his criticism of this other project. And I see that as another positive thing because I think Kevin is smart and he's probably going to be partnering in some capacity with the board API club. And the last thing he wants to do is burn any bridges, right? So these are the kind of things that I watch with a careful eye. And I think taking the high road and always being very positive is super, super wise. But I will tell you that other projects did not do this. Asher, who's the lead dude over in uh, the Lazy Lion community, also publicly criticized the Board API Club and their plans here. So I like the fact that Moonbirds is taking the high road and they're not trying to publicly criticize anyone. And I think Kevin Rose is networked enough and smart enough to know that the last thing he ever wants to do is have the brand that he's building be seen as adversarial. So more lessons there. Okay, another big lesson is that they did their PR really well. They were locked in, you guys. Gary V was clearly part of the behind the scenes project on this because he's part of the Proof Collective. Obviously, other members of the Proof Collective got the word out. You know, Jeff Kaufman, who I mentioned earlier, is part of the Proof Collective, so he let his community know about this. He believes in the project. And they also uh, gave two Moonbirds to Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon changed his profile picture to a Moonbird, actively tweeted about he's very bullish on the project. Snoop Dogg also joined their advisory team. Uh, Snoop Dogg has an alter ego on Twitter, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but he tweeted under his alter ego, which used to be a pseudonym, that he is joining on the advisory team. So what I see happening here is this project is bringing in very high-profile individuals. And when you think about where we're at right now in the world of NFTs, there's only X number of people who actually actively buy and trade NFTs. We're talking tens of thousands. It's very small. The world that is interested in NFTs, the world that is crypto curious is so much bigger. The people that follow Snoop, the people that follow Jimmy Fallon, the vast majority of them don't even understand what NFTs are. And if you can tap into some of these influencers who have massive traditional audiences and you can bring them into this world, this is going to be a smart long-term play. 
right? This is why even today, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk had successfully launched VFriends 2. He's going out there and he's training people still on how to set up a MetaMask account, how to put money into Coinbase and dot, 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 dot. Because he understands that there's a much larger audience out there that does not understand the first thing about NFTs that wants to get in on this kind of stuff. So what can we learn from all of this? Well, it's all about vision and it's all about the long game. The reason myself and 6,500 other people have invested in Moonbirds is because we see the vision. We see how organized this project is. We see how the players in this case are committed. And if they're not committed, they're gone. And they're playing the long game. I'm playing the long game. You need to play the long game. If you're going to be doing an NFT launch, even if you don't own a Moonbird, start listening to what they talk about in Twitter spaces. Start watching what's happening because what you want with your NFT project is you want people like me to change their profile picture to your NFT, right? Because that is essentially me saying, I believe in this project. I don't know how long I'm going to do it for, but that's kind of a big deal. And the more people you can get excited about a project, the further I think you're going to go. Because so many people in marketing world, they put all their energy into the beginning of the project, but they don't realize that's just the beginning. You know, it's like writing a book. You know, I've written two books. Half the project is the book writing. The second half, which is the hardest half, is the promotion and the growth and all the other things that need to happen to make it a long-term viable project. This is what I think Moonbirds is getting right. This is what I think the Board Apes Yacht Club is getting right. And this is not what a lot of other projects are getting right. It's all about the long game. By the way, I mentioned earlier, Crypto Business Conference. I know some of you are like, okay, I really want to learn more about this, Mike. My plan is to bring as many people as I can that are doing really great things to the San Diego Convention Center on October 9th, 10th, and 11th to help people understand how to launch a project, how to develop a loyal community, how to do all the kinds of things that I am talking about and my guests will be talking about in the coming weeks and months. This is my vision to bring an incredible conference together that's going to allow someone like us to come and learn and get it right. Because the last thing any of us want to do is launch a project and then have it be a nightmare and have it tank and then have us say, why did I ever do this? There's so much that we could learn from all the things that are coming in future episodes of this podcast. And I want to encourage you to get on the interest list. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash CBC dash interest. As of today, we do not have tickets available for sale, but they will be very, 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 very soon. And the best price is always going to be getting in early. So socialmediaexaminer.com slash CBC dash or minus sign interest stands for crypto business conference. Okay. My last ask, I need to hear from you. If you want more of these episodes, I heard from some of you that you loved the last one. I need to know whether you like this one as well. I am at Stelzner on Instagram. I am Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. You'll know it's me because you'll see my little Moonbird avatar on Twitter. Stelzner's S-T-E-L-Z-N-E-R. Please let me know if you like this. I need to hear from you because that motivates me to continue to create these solo episodes. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate y'all. That's it for today.
All right. Well, hey, if you're new to the show, normally we will have show notes, but not this time because this is just a bonus episode. Be sure to let your friends know about this show if you like it. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you actually really soon because this is a bonus episode. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.